Hello, I'm Jim. This is On The Left Side, the alternative football podcast. It's been another cracking week in the world of kicky ball, with the curse of Aaron Ramsey striking yet again. He scored and yet another celebrity passed away. This time, former US First Lady Nancy Reagan became the Welshman's 17th victim. And I don't know if you're taking requests, Aaron, but Donald Trump needs stopping. Somehow. So... On to this week's episode, we're going to ask the question, is Diego Costa one day going to save the world? Have Manchester United made their most important signing ever? And a football legend makes an epic comeback. But first, something is shaking down in the East Midlands. Over the last few months, we've seen a bit of a change in attitude towards Leicester City. In August, it was... Yeah, well, it's early days, innit? They'll get found out. In October, everyone said, Wait until they come up against the big boys. And now, everyone thinks, Can someone please drugs test the players and the manager? What, what's going on? How many pundits do you think there are in the world? I'm sure I once heard a stat that you're never more than three feet from one at any given time. Or was that rats? Anyway, can no one, anywhere, find someone that predicted that the Foxes would finish even in the top six of the Premier League, let alone lift the trophy at the end of the season. But my favourite part of the Leicester City fairy tale only came this week, with this story hitting the headlines. The University of Leicester in the UK discovered when the Leicester City FC Foxes score that it's caused spikes in seismic activity. Some fans wave signs or flags at the game, and then there are those who apparently cause tiny earthquakes when their team scores. Yep. Every time Leicester City score a goal, the sudden surge of energy by the fans causes a small, localised earthquake. But the cynic in me isn't buying this story. Has the research been done by a gas company that happened to be fracking nearby? Your house is shaking, mate. Fracking? No, no, no. That's just a surprisingly good run of form from early relegation candidates, that. Not fracking. No, no, no. Are we going to suddenly see climate change deniers blaming global warning on Lukaku's sudden hot streak? Or could a new manager in a turn of form at Newcastle see the next tsunami being blamed on the Toonami? The other big bit of Fox's news this week was about the main man himself, Jamie Vardy, and the contents of his lucrative new contract being revealed. It included a £30 million buyout clause and a double your money £80,000 a week wage packet that they hope will keep the 19-goal striker in Leicester for the foreseeable future. So, maybe the earthquakes in Leicester aren't anything to do with fans celebrating at all. It's just Jamie Vardy dropping his wallet. Hey, it wouldn't be a proper episode of On The Left Side if we didn't talk about Louis van Gaal now, would it? You'd probably get longer odds on the Dutchman still being in a job come the end of the season than Leicester City winning the league at the moment, but still, he ploughs on, sneaking up the league without anyone really noticing too much. And ploughs is a clue as to what I'm about to talk about. But Louis is still getting a lot of stick. And this week, it's been about the club appearing in the Europa League rather than their, apparently, God-given right to be in the Champions League. And LVG had a few choice words for those individuals. It is not normal that one team is dominating for 20 years. You live in the past. 
you live in the past and you have to live in the in, in the present i think well what was the fans reaction to those comments let's just have a look on the united fan forum uh, yeah here's one here's one uh, this fan says, Living in the past, LVG needs to get back to managing the team and going back to a 2x2x2x2 two by two by two by two formation. And that's from Noah in his arc. Despite the lack of success on the pitch, the club do seem to be impressing in the financial league at the moment, topping the Premier League's wealth list as the third richest club in the world. And isn't that what's really important there, eh, United fans? It seems what United do well is sponsor things. I'm not talking about shirt sponsors or official beer suppliers or paint partners. United have taken it to the next level. For example, did you know that the Red Devils have their own official film partner, 20th Century Fox? That meant that each member of the first team was able to write their very own, deeply personal and 100% heartfelt review of Oscar-winning film The Reverend. Chris Smalling said, I can't wait to see at Reverend Movie. Ashley Young said, I can't wait to see at Reverend Movie. And one matter, he chipped in with, I can't wait to see Reverend Movie. That's what's great about social media. You really get to know the person that's in the football shirt, don't you? But this is my favourite sponsorship deal so far. This week, the club has signed a big old deal with Japanese firm Yanmar, the official tractor supplier of Manchester United. I was going to buy a half and half scarf to show my support for the club, but now I think I'll invest in a large agricultural vehicle instead. That really shows you're a fan. <coughs> On the face of it, it seems like madness. But somehow, given United's style of play this season and the baffling inclusion of Marin Fellaini, a large lump lumbering slowly across a field somehow seems strangely appropriate. Chelsea took to European action this week, lining up against cash-splashing PSG, whose focus switched for once away from super spending and on to superheroes. In the run-up to the game, they posted a short video on Twitter featuring a load of pictures of masked superheroes. In amongst those defenders of justice was an image of Diego Costa in his new mask that protects his recently broken nose, along with the caption, Spot the Fraud. As far as disses go, it's hardly the most offensive. Ooh, your striker isn't a caped crusader, but it still got a bit of attention. And obviously it came up in the pre-match press conferences. Now, Costa never struck me as the peacekeeping type that much, but he very tactfully said he hadn't even seen the video, a ploy which his manager Gus Hiddink also adopted. When the, the question was asked to him, I, I was thinking that in the future he can be a, a very good manager on the way he answered these questions. <laughs> he taught me something to say, I haven't read it, I haven't heard it. I think Costa as a manager is almost as terrifying as the prospect of Costa in spandex. But isn't that exactly the kind of deflected answer his manager would give if Diego Costa was in fact a superhero? Just think about that for a minute. Superhero is the ideal alter ego for a footballer. It was just the other week that a Brazilian judge ordered the seizure of numerous properties, boats and helicopters belonging to the wonder kid Neymar in the tax avoidance case. Numerous boats and helicopters. You tell me that doesn't sound like he's a real life Bruce Wayne character. 
was one of those properties a secret underground lair with top level surveillance and a science lab by any chance? The question is, are we on the way to unearthing our very first footballing superhero? In fact, maybe every footballer has his own special crime-fighting mantra. Yaya Toure, scarred by an incident earlier in life, now devotes his spare time to delivering birthday cakes to deprived little girls and boys. <coughs> Wayne Rooney is incredibly passionate about helping old age pensioners across the road and into their house and sometimes into bed. <sighs> and Ashley Young is footballer by day and Aquaman by night. It would certainly help explain his constant diving. True or not, all footballers do have an element of the superhero about them. They all take from the rich, they just don't always give to the poor. And finally, we're the first to jump on footballers' terrible musical efforts in the past, so it seems only fair to give praise where it's due. Is there anyone in football with a finer pedigree than John Barnes? His sterling performance on New Order's 90s World Cup anthem World in Motion is still a highlight of any World Cup song, and his rhyme spitting on the Anfield rap is a thing of legend, but they say good things come in threes, so it's been a long time coming, but JB is back behind the mic. He was caught on camera singing his very own rendition of Sugar Hill Gang's Rapper's Delight, and it's magnificent. What a time to be alive. You go, John. You go, my son. Well, that's about it for this week. If you like what you hear, go onto iTunes and leave us a review, just like Mr. Randy LaHaye did. He gave us two stars, along with the comments, tries far too hard, this is just another thing that's wrong with modern football. I know exactly what you mean, Randy. I bloody hate those modern footballers and they're trying hard. You give me one of those lazy footballers who barely moves around the pitch any day of the week. I blame these foreigners coming over here, trying hard with their work ethics. Pah! Thank you, Randy, for your comments. Right, I'm off to check that Phil Jones hasn't built a secret superhero base in my shed because that's full time. Bye. On the left side is a Paint Your Headphones production, written and produced by Ant McGinley and Jim Salverson. If you'd like to write for On the Left Side, then why not start with an email to hello at ontheleftside.co.uk. Shh.